Welcome back, dear listeners, to the next episode of Grimlore, the lore podcast for all your Warhammer fantasy and Age of Sigmar needs. Hello, everyone. This is your dwarven host, Gerald, once again, having evaded the guards that interrogated us with Astro from last episode. And where is Ray? Oh, I see. Okay, here he is. Here's your ears coming up to the desk. Hey, how you doing, Rayway? Um, I'm good. I actually got arrested for having warp zone in my neck. But Shit, luckily, so that's what happened transported. to you. Yeah, while I was being transported, though, the uh, the Orbstone fragments kind of fell out. So while I was being um, talked to in court, I actually got acquitted. It doesn't oh. it doesn't hurt that I'm an elf and I can just pay everyone because I'm super rich. Uh, uh, here we go with the with the anyways. Well, <laughs> while you were being hauled off, I was trying to smuggle Astro away from the authorities. And uh, you're probably wondering why this big surly knight is here uh, staring daggers at me right now. Well, it just so happens that was the same night we ran into last time. And uh, he found me. So in exchange for my uh, head not being axed off, I agreed to take him back here so he can be entertained with your stories and some free ale. So welcome, everyone, to our next guest tonight, the Honorable Knight, Sir Flub de Montfort. Yay. (laughs) Welcome, Flub. Welcome. Yeah, I've uh, I've killed a lot of orcs. Killed a lot of orcs. I mean, that's always good. If if ever if everyone could just you know put down their weapons, put their arms together, and just lead a good old campaign of genocide against the orcs, I think we'd all be friends. Well, you had me at genocide. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ray, better it. get on with the better get on with the story before he gets a little uh, sword happy. <laughs> I mean, hey bartender, get him another pint. Make that five. <laughs> Make sure he's too hammered to do anything, especially with his horse. Hey, that's a hurtful stereotype. <laughs> but not incorrect. <laughs> that's why it's hurtful. <laughs> the only reason stereotypes hurt is because they're true. Oh my. <laughs> eh, what do I know? All you humans look the same to me anyway, so. Wait <laughs> I feel like that's even more racist. I'm here for it. I'm loving it. I mean, this episode will involve some level of racism. So, I mean, oh, okay, we're seems... gonna dive. We're really diving. I see now why yeah, you called the right guy. Well, I don't know because I don't think Flub's gonna appreciate the uh, the racial stereotyping against uh, one particular faction that I'm gonna be discussing eventually. Oh. They're they'll, they're involved. Flub's little uh, favorite faction is is involved. Oh, we're talking about them. What? Mm, those guys. <laughs> Eventually, but I thought before we should start, I would actually like you, my friend Gerald, to give me a a quick uh, one minute recap of our last episode, just so you know, give give our night our honorable knight Sir Flub a taste of what to expect, what we just discussed. And to make sure that you weren't, you know, knee-deep in alcohol too hammered to remember anything. Yeah, Astra stole enough of it, so I, w- I didn't get in too deep that last time. <laughs> Previously on Grimbor. We discussed the birth and very strange circumstances around one Sigmar Heldenhammer, who would eventually grow up to be the founding member and emperor of the Empire of Man. We would learn that he was a surly little brat <laughs> that uh, broke his best friend's arm. And so as punishment, he got punted into a cave full of dead people. 
climbs his way out, talking to his ancestors in the process, and then he sees all and stares down at everything like that duck gif, and he goes, Pathetic. 15 seconds. So he gathers up a bunch of troops, unites all these clans to bring them all together, fights a bunch of chaos-worshipping Norsemen, and makes allies with Kurgan Ironbeard, where he is giving the hammer, the Warhammer. He helps the Kurgan Ironbeard fight a bunch of orcs. He fights a black orc because apparently... uh, And he becomes the Warhammer fantasy. (laughs) What? You... You, Sigmar, are in fact the Warhammer fantasy. <laughs> no, it was the friends we made along the way. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. they're dead. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> now, on top of wanting to, you know, keep your toes and make sure that you were paying attention, as well as to give the brave Sir Flub a, a good recap, uh, another reason is because this episode is going to be a continuation of Sigmar and the Empire, in particular's story. Oh yeah, part two, baby, here we go. Yes, because if there's anything I love more in elves, it's motherfucking Sigmar, because he is he is, he is is more man than anyone has ever been. He's a man's man. That's a rough proper man's man there. <laughs> Everyone else is honorary man around that man. <laughs> so what does in that fact, make sense when dare... he was honorary man? I know, right? I dare say... Sigma praise Auric with a leather-bound camo Bible. Whew. Sorry, I'm, I'm drinking my coffee super late at night, so I'm, I'm a little hyper now. Oh, dear. What's this guy's <laughs> name? Sigmar. <laughs> Not him. Who are we talking about? Sigmar, the the guy who founded the Empire, who was really awesome. Oh, I thought you had a different name and he got Sigmar's hammer. Well, his name was Sigmar Umberogan, but then he became Sigmar Heldenhammer because, you know, he got a hammer that he held in his hand. <laughs> I get it now. Super original. Um, Ulrich is a god of... Basically, the, the humans had a bunch of gods before in ancient times. And what happened is that um, even Sigmar prayed to Ulrich. But what happened is that when Sigmar, like, basically when Senal just fucking disappeared into the wastes... He basically like mantled Ulrich's position and became and basically took Ulrich's position as like the chief god. Like if you want like a very quick example, Ulrich is basically like Odin. Oh, you just straight up ganked his throne there. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> well, I don't want to say ganked his throne. It was very much more like here well, you go, Sigmar, take my crown. Yeah. And Sigmar's like you motherfucking right, I'm taking your fucking crown. Ah, the great Sigmar, the great Warhammer fantasy. I bequeath to you. Imagine Sigmar is like holding, <laughs> like mugging Oryx, just like give me a fucking crown, old man. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> Let's not forget Sigmar is like 80 years old at this point. He was just a dude that became so much of a dude that he became a god. Literally, yeah. yes. Exactly. Because this is Warhammer Fantasy, baby. It, it's, very, it was, it's very much that. It was literally, he was such a amazing guy. It, like and killed so many pe- so many like orcs and bullshit, and got like so much praise oh. that he literally like ascended to godhood. I have a new, I have a new goal then. Yeah, on his 80th birthday. So so imagine you're 80 years old. You wake up in bed. You're fucking like old senile man. You're just like, all right, guys, see ya. And you just fucking walk into the fucking wilderness, and then you just fucking become a god. No, I'm not living to 80. <laughs> <laughs> 
how long are you living to, <laughs> Sir Knight? Probably not the 80. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, the way I see it, you're never too young to have a midlife crisis. Because you never know when you're going to die. Because every part of your life can be a crisis. <laughs> yeah, one giant crisis. <laughs> your entire life is a crisis. <laughs> but speaking of crises, we're going to actually be talking about the Empire after Sigmar basically abandoned it. Peace out. A-Town down. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm Peace the out. new god, but uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> hey, you know, um, I'm going to be a god now. And they need me up in heaven, so um, peace out, <laughs> sucking nerds. He sees who he has become the god of, and he just goes, pathetic. Peace. <laughs> so, for reference, the Empire has been around for around 50 years at this point. Like, it's officially formed, it's been around for around 50 years. Sigmar has been the Emperor for, for all those 50 years, and it was basically built up from literally like bronze age barbarians like literally imagine bronze age barbarians and over the course of like 60 to 70 years they go from bronze age barbarians and cavemen to like steel age like medieval kings that's a pretty quick time frame there well i mean they got help from the from the dwarves the the dwarves like unlocked all their technology early and they're like we know how to because unlike some people we know how to build shit the exactly. Empire, like, uh, fiefdoms, like, Bretonnias, that are all kind of just united? Um, pretty much, yeah. It's more, it's less of an actual empire, and it's closer to, like, if the, like, the best real-world example would be, like, the United States of America, where every state is technically independent, but they're so intertwined and so interconnected through trade and, like, bureaucracy that they are, ba- that they're, they are a singular, like, nation. Yeah. So it's, yeah. like, dudes. Yeah, yeah. There's dukes, there's duchess, there's duchies, there's lords, there's peasants. Like, if you actually look at it, it's very. There are like several different like tiers of like status. It isn't just like upper class, middle class, lower class. There are those, but like even in those classes, there's like subclasses between them, which I really like. Like, you could be a lord, but then you're subservient to a. I think it's a duke is above a lord. I don't fully know the concept of like fiefdoms and like. Feudal organization. Well, then the, the dukes would be loyal to somebody, an emperor, I guess, if it's empire. Um, no, the dukes, I know uh, basically every single, um, the 11 tribes, whatever that forms the empire, those basically became provinces. So, and every province is led by a, uh, a count. And then the counts are in charge, are basically like, they'd be considered like your, what, what's the equivalent of like a provincial leader for you guys? But they're, you know, they're, they're in charge of those provinces. Uh, oh, you talking about for the U.S. Uh, governor? Yeah, a governor. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Governor? Yeah, that's basically, that's basically what they would be. They um, each count would be like a state governor. And just for reference, and, I found happened to have found a picture of the empire that is better than just four pixels wide. So if you uh, direct ooh. your gaze to the art and pictures section, we might actually have a look at what what's going on here. How dare you? I also have pictures of the empire. Oh my. And mine's better. Oh my god, I can zoom in. <laughs> Wait a second, I had a second picture, but I can't find it. So nice. Be the tiebreaker. Whose picture is better? Where's Noln at? That's where Skaven Slayer... Oh, there it is. Nice. Noln's also in charge of making all the, like, uh, siege weapons and bullshit. Like, if you want cannons and, like, literal tanks, 
<laughs> yeah, that was in. You haven't read Skaven Slayer yet, have you? I haven't. I just finished uh, Troll Slayer, and I want to start Skaven Slayer. It's literally like I'm like hovering over it, but I don't want to like buy it yet because we actually have to do the uh, book club. We're gonna get to it soon eventually. <clears throat> Sorry. Yes. Uh, quick, quick announcement: book club uh, will be happening. You have until the end of uh, this month to read Troll Slayer. For uh-huh. reference, this month is September. Yes. Because it's going to be a while before this episode comes out. (laughs) But (laughs) regardless, yes, each of the provinces are basically ruled by a count. And Sigmar are basically ruled from Reichland, which is, you know, if you use my picture, it's like the red province or near the, it's like right above, um, like right above Batonia, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, basically Sigmar left. Like he, he abdicated the throne. He's on his 80th birthday. He just left and said that he was no longer going to be the emperor. He was going to leave, which was probably the dumbest decision an emperor could make because <laughs> Sigmar one did not leave a will. Like he did not leave anyone to inherit. He did not have any heirs despite, you know, he fucked one of the counts <laughs> in order to get her cavalry army. But you know, that's besides the point. He fucked a count or a countess. Hold on. A countess, but she wasn't a countess. Okay. She was like a tri- She was like a. Pr- she was like a queen or some shit. She was. I don't know the the the, the names of like the leaders of the uh, of the pre empire um like areas are weird because sometimes they're called kings, sometimes they're called chieftains, sometimes they're called like you know they have all, like a bunch of different like timeline names despite the fact that they're all very clearly Bronze Age humans. Yeah, there's a lot of demotions going on at that time. So yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, regardless, Sigmar did fuck one of them in order to get her army. Wow, that's because he's him. Well, yes, that's that's all she wanted. Like, Sigmar's like, I need your army. And she's like, okay, I want you. And he was like, okay. I need that dick. And he's like, (laughs) Sigmar's like, well, if I have to make the sacrifice. (laughs) I guess I will. I don't do this with women. (laughs) (laughs) I normally fuck orcs, but you know. No, I thought it was fuck with orcs. <laughs> I mean, have you seen the size of his hammer? Well, I mean, after a battle, you're kind of like raging. So <laughs> you gotta just let it out, you know. Well, considering that uh, orcs are still spore people in this universe, correct? So the only way to for them to reproduce is if they die, and then they shed more spores. So what exactly are we doing when we're getting into fights with orcs? <clears throat> let that sink Fucking in, everybody. Them. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, so we should not kill the orcs. That's your side you're on. <laughs> but regardless, um, so Sigmar, you know, he left. He literally just left and allowed the eleven, or I guess it was ten provinces at this point. He let he let those provinces basically just rule themselves. He was like, you know what, I'm out. I'm fucking out. And because he was gone, all of their all of the ten provinces at that point, there like there was ten of them at that point, immediately all started like declaring them each one of the individual counts started immediately being like, Oh well I'll be emperor. No, I'll do it. I'll do it. Like they all started arguing immediately. And the result was that all of them gathered in um uh, gathered in the capital and like in the capital, I believe it's called Altdorf, they gathered there. And for three days of just nonstop arguing debate threaten like th- uh, threats and bribery they just would not stop arguing over who should be the emperor and every and there was like threats of like war like oh i'll go to war with your nation if you don't like join me and there was just so much con there was so much like like it was the empire that sigmar fought his entire life to build like his literal dream 
was almost about to go up in flames three days after he left. So like Game of Thrones light, basically. Pretty much. Awesome. I like this already. The difference is unlike Game of Thrones, uh, the gods actually care. (laughs) So a priestess of uh, one of the um, old world gods, which is um, it's the equivalent to like pagan gods, effectively. Uh, she shows up to, it's basically a priestess of the god Rhea, and basically she had a vision that the Empire needed her. So against, like, basically against everyone's better judgment, she barges into the Capitol building, which is full of all of the counts, which is basically like walking into, like, what would be the equivalent? It's like walking to like, the, UA, the U.S. Congress, just like a homeless person walking in, basically, in the middle of, like, a full-on <laughs> debate and arguments. As an American IRL, I actually kind of want to see that now. <laughs> you get arrested for that shit. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, that's a re- that's what everyone, that's what you would assume. You wouldn't even think you would get into the building, let alone get into the fucking main room where where they're arguing. But regardless, <laughs> what you did you think him. you were going to do when you got here? I don't know. I actually didn't think I'd get this far. <laughs> you know, I just had a dream, and I just came in. My dad told me through a dream, and he's dead. <laughs> uh, can you verify that source? Trust me, I made it up. <laughs> I heard I got it in a dream once. <laughs> Look at oh, me, God. I am the king now. <laughs> oh my fucking God. Yeah, the priestess says that in front of everyone. No, she walks in. And, and um, for reference, the god Rhea, she's very much a... Okay, you know Slanesh in 40k? Never heard Indeed. of her. What? <laughs> Okay, Mister. Okay, Mister Elf. Would you like to tell? Would you like to tell our night friend here about uh, what you created? I didn't create the national that existed before I was born. What are you talking about? This is where we're fantasy, not forty k. We don't speak of things be... that make sense. <laughs> so, for those who don't know, Slanesh is a chaos god, a effectively a devil, a demon god of just and just sheer just. And just the most like, she's basically just pure debauchery and just sadism in just a nutshell. Rhea is basically her antithesis. Everything that Sinesh embodies, Rhea is basically the good version of it. So while Sinesh is the embodiment of like, um, how do I put it? Like perverse, hedonistic uh, sexuality and just excessive debauchery. Rhea is very much a modest, a she's a goddess of fertility, but she's very much a goddess of fertility of like passion between two between like loving couples. Like she's almost like a goddess of like marriage and fertility in a way, and she's just generally a good god. And Rhea is because of her concept of like bringing unity and fertility and just all this just general growth and like goodness. The, the concept is that Rhea wanted to bring, wanted her priestess to bring these aspects into Altdorf, into this like chaotic environment to basically preach, to preach Rhea's word, which is again, fertility through like connection, through unity. So as she's preaching this, as she's talking, she discusses how the gods all work together to build the old world, to work together, to fight off chaos, to do all these things. And she's, and again, at this point, all these um, counts at this point, they may they have they know Sigmar, but almost none of them have been alive to fight by Sigmar's side. At this point, all of the original like chieftains, kings, whatever they were before Sigmar became the emperor, th- those guys are all dead. They've all died of old age or of a battle or something. 
all these new like counts have basically like inherited the position of their predecessors. So they don't full they haven't they weren't fighting by his side to build the empire as it is. So they don't have that same level of how do I put it? Horse in the race. <laughs> but um, because of all this, because of Rhea's preaching, all the counts, they begin to kind of agree and they kind of understand her points. So they all begin to kind of like unanimously agree that there should be a level of unity. And so this empire becomes a democracy. That's kind of the antithesis of an empire, don't you think? Hey, I didn't I didn't make up the fucking rules. <laughs> it's it usually has an emperor too, but he went and fucked off, so <laughs> allegedly a senile old man said they saw him become a god so i mean you leave home for five minutes and look what happens and here's a picture of the imperial palace according to some fan art or some uh (laughs) artistic interpretation (laughs) now it is still an empire because all the counts basically vote amongst themselves who should be the the new emperor it's basically it's a presidency at this point, but it's basically a lifetime um, l- rulership. So you basically become emperor for life until you die. And so all of them plead their cases. They all plead their points like, oh, I should be the emperor because I want to do this, 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 this. And naturally, they all started like agreeing. They all started voting, blah, 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 blah. Eventually, uh, sorry, I'm burping like fucking crazy. Uh, ah, too much coffee. Hey, bartender, hold off on the <laughs> ale for this elf. <laughs> I'm not drunk. I'm caffeinated. Uh, so what happens is that the successor to Sigmar would become, would be known as Falk of Whistleland, which I think is the dumbest fucking name, unless I say the German accent. Uh, hold on. <laughs> say that name again. Did I hear that? Just, just to make sure uh, I heard Whistleland. it. Whistleland. Whistleland. <laughs> <laughs> GW. You're inconsistent with your naming devices here. Come on, do better. I believe it's meant to be Whistland, but Whistleland sounds funnier. <laughs> okay, for reference, if you look at the, the map that Gerald sent, it's the it's the province to the lower to the to the most south, like to the southeast, right beside uh R- Reichland oh, and Oh, Wissenland. Wissenland. Yes, exactly. Wissenland. Oh, it's yeah, that's good. Oh, for fuck's sake. Soland. <laughs> Alright, so instead of saying Whistleland, because I'm gonna I hate that, I'm gonna say Whistleland because it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Stick it to the humans. Heard one, of you, heard one of you motherfuckers humming. We don't do that around here. We whistle. <laughs> <laughs> da, I like I this guy. Of, I am fuck of Whistleland. I'm sorry, you say you're fuck of Whistleland? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, his name is Flob. <laughs> <sighs> so, as as part of his, like, emperorship, I guess would be the best way to put it, Falk relocates to Altdorf to basically, it becomes, he basically relocates or he moves there because the capital of the empire, and mostly because it's the wealthiest city in the empire and you kind of want to be close to that money because you're the emperor however all of the other counts uh basically rename themselves the elector counts summon the elector counts I was just about to War say, is that where that phrase comes from yep <laughs> so the concept is that each elector count has one vote um there are there are a 
other ways to get more than one vote that I'll get to eventually. That are well, no, they're, they're just not legal. How many countesses do I have to bang to get another vote? Yes. <laughs> I mean, pretty, I mean, I, I think there's like two or three countesses on the actual like council. So I mean, two right, or three. Well, you know who to go to? <laughs> <laughs> now the thing is that Falk was a. He wasn't a great emperor, but you're, he was basically, not very much he did was recorded, but that's mostly because you're following up Sigmar, and you can't exactly, like, say you did great things when you're literally following Sigmar. <laughs> His fame was he did absolutely nothing. Did you well, become ruled... a god? No. <laughs> well, fuck all of his deeds. Meanwhile, Falk <laughs> is, like, donating to charity. He's like lifting everyone up. He's like ra- he's like breaking the wealth disparity. He's just doing really good things, and everyone's like, "Did he become a god?" No. All right, he did nothing. <laughs> Fuck him. Falk him. <laughs> Falk him. <laughs> I think it's actually important, though, given that <laughs> they're they're about Sigmar's godhood, that I actually bring up uh, the cult of Sigmar mm, because that a um, spicy. Well. The cult of the Imperium, as it is in 40k, wasn't an official religion. It was. It started off as a cult, naturally. Mm. So it's the same concept here. GW, now, I'm <laughs> on to you. Why are they copying themselves? I thought you said the term was circle jerk. Oh, uh, yeah, circle jerk. <laughs> circle jerk. <laughs> if you're from Westland. <laughs> if you're from Westland, yeah. <laughs> We like to partake it's a circle jerk. Oh my fucking Christ. <laughs> I don't know how like that. Uh, so, naturally, Sigmar spent literally 50 years of it, like, spent, uh, like, before he was even 30, he conquered the entire, like, old, he conquered, like, 11 or 10 tribes and brought them to heal and made a fucking empire before he was fucking 30 years old. This guy's fucking amazing. Dang, naturally, people are going to, like, because we're both, yeah, we're both around the same age. People are naturally going to venerate him and like honor him. They're not going to worship him initially, but they are going to venerate him. That being said, when word got out that a priest of Ulrich literally seen Sigmar basically ascend to godhood and like basically take um, Ulrich's place like among the pantheon of the gods. And this is literally a priest of Ulrich, so there's no reason he should be, you know, like denouncing his god in any way. Like he should be like standing up for his god by any by every single measure. So, like, there's no reason he should be lying. People kind of, like, almost take his word for it. Or at the very least, they don't think he's, like, crazy. They think he must have, like, had some sort of, like, vision, like, of, in, of like, some divine vision or some shit. Now, initially, the cult of Sigmar does start off as, like, a very... It's, not, it's very underground. It's very much like, oh, maybe Sigmar did become a god. The problem is, though, is that the Church of Ulrich is the predominant religion of the Empire. <laughs> Hmm. How are they going to work around that one? Um, well, I believe um, in something called a Holy Crusade. Like a Great Crusade, you mean? Um, no, a crusade where we kill everyone and let God sort it out. <laughs> the best kind of crusade. The no, the, the concept. And the funny thing is that even Sigmar worshipped Ulrich, which is even more funny. <laughs> because his cult is basically like surplanting his own gods. So, so it's like you worship one god, 
you become a god, but then your cult uh, is born from the god from the cult of the god that you worship that is supplanting the god that you worship. Because that makes sense. Yeah, pretty much. Now, the concept is that Sigmar didn't. It isn't so much that Sigmar became the only god within the cult of of Sigmar. It's more that he basically took Uruk's place, and Uruk is meant to be like the Odin parallel among the gods of the. He basically like he joined the old world pantheon. Because every, like, culture has their own, like, pantheons. Like, even, like, even different human nations have different gods, which I think is really interesting. But the old world pantheon specifically that the Empire worships involves Rhea, Mor, Tal, like, a bunch of, basically a bunch of, like, gods that you could kind of, like, assume to be analogous to pagan gods. Like I said, Rhea is very much a fertility goddess that you kind of imagine as any other type of god. Tal is very much like a Kronos god, like a, um... A hunter god, a god of the hunt. Um, more, I mentioned before, that is very much a god of the dead. He's very much akin to like an Anubis or a Hades type figure where he kind of guides you along the way of death and actually protects you from chaos. Because when oh, yeah. you die, if you worship if you worship more, he will actually like light your path to the afterlife and keep chaos away from you. All right. So how is he related to Nagash? Because I thought Nagash was also a god of the dead. Um, well, in the old war, in, um, in the end times, Nagash literally eats more. Oh. And similar to how Sigmar mantles Ulrich's, um, position among the Pantheon, Nagash, um, mantles Moore's position among the Pantheon. Okay. Well, okay, now, I guess while we're on that subject, so, I forgot to ask this question last time, but... When Sigmar does take Ulrich's position as god of basically the Empire, what happens to Ulrich? Like, what does he do or go off to, or does he just go poof? Um, it depends on your theory because there are actually like different theories among like the Empire. And if you believe in the cult of Sigmar, basically everything that happened is canon by their by their viewpoint. Like, even if it conflicts. It is considered canon, like according to the cult of Sigmar. So, like, if say a cult of Sigmar says that Sigmar fought one v one a dragon ogre and won, but yet was able to lose against a regular like werewolf empowered dude in a one v one fight, those are canon, even though there's no way power scaling wise those two should be anywhere remotely close in power, right? Right. But if you aspire to the cult of Ulrich. They believe that Sigmar, when he took the position of Ulrich, they view it almost as a not so I guess not so much a crime, but more like Ulrich retired. That Ulrich basically fused with Sigmar. That by retiring, he basically became part of Sigmar, and Sigmar like took his power and took a part of him with him. Like they basically became like one being. But basically, the concept is like Sigmar killed Ulrich. I, I say in quotation marks, it's not so much he killed them, it's more just they became one being. But by becoming one being, Ulrich basically, like, is no longer a being anymore. So kind of like how Darth Vader, quote-unquote, killed Obi-Wan, but Obi-Wan actually just became one with the Force. Yeah, basically. Or the whole point of Anna, or of how Vader killed Anakin Skywalker, but Anakin Skywalker is still there. Mm-hmm. That one's a little less... A little less... Uh... A little bit more murky, but all I'm saying is we all make a dark personality of ourselves to deal with coping mechanism of losing everyone we love. (laughs) 
mm. and to blame when we kill, when we blow up an entire planet. What? It wasn't me. It was uh, Darth Vader who killed Alderaan. I'm just <laughs> in a, I'm just innocent and uh, Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker who did nothing wrong. <laughs> Pulls up list of war crimes committed during the the Clone Wars. Oh, um, those those weren't me. Those were also Vader. Um, <clears throat> I find your lack of faith disturbing. Young, um, sorry, what? Uh, I women and children were, too? Uh, no, I didn't kill women and children too. No, 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 no. I wasn't killing younglings. I was killing at younglings. You know how good those bottles taste and how much they cost. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Look, I like Anakin Skywalker enough to excuse everything he does wrong. I literally named one of my kids after Anakin. <laughs> Respect. Was Ulrich a dude that ascended to, or he was always a god? Sorry, what was that? Was Ulrich like a dude that became a god, or was he just a god? Um, it all that also depends on your theory because I mentioned this to uh, Gerald, I believe, in our first or second episode. I discuss or not first second, in what episode is Warhammer two. Fantasy? Yes, I discuss um the concept of gods. Um, one of the theories is that the gods are actually gods. Another is that human, just through like sheer belief, the gods were made are like manifestations of the belief, which is how they are in 40k. Another one is that they are just really powerful and really like they're basically like, the first of those species. So like Ulrich, Raya, more, all of them are basically like the first humans made, like first humans to be like created. And by extension, because they're the first ones created, they are the most powerful, the like peak human abilities. That's another theory. I prefer that theory a little bit more just because like I like the idea that I'm an atheist or rather I'm an agnostic. So I don't like the idea of gods being made from belief personally. Well, that, that and that previous comment about the power of belief makes it sound like everyone's like some level of work. And I'm not sure how I feel about that statement. Yeah. So like. That's just me, though. So, like, it really comes down to, like, what you want to believe they are. If you want to if you want to say that Ulrich was a god, that's fine. He was always a god. Because, like, given just how, like, weirdly specific his portfolio is, given he's the god of warriors, wolves, winter, and, uh, sorry, there's one more. Oh, and war. That must have been like a very weird... strange day at the Pantheon lot drawing. It's like okay, know, right? whoever grabs the short stick is gonna is gonna get all the W's. Ulrich, oh look who grabbed the short stick. I'm sorry. Let's give you all the W's. And uh, what W's <laughs> do we have left here? Winter, yeah, we'll give him that one. Wolves, eh, yeah, we'll give him that one. It looks like Wolf was his favorite W. Yeah, <laughs> wolf, well, he wolf, literally wolf, has wolf, werewolves. Wolf, so wolf, I mean, the <laughs> picture of him with the full on wolf on his back. There's also a oh, picture no, of him a literally just being priest, a wolf. Like, there's literally a picture of him manifesting as literally just a big-ass, like, mountain-sized white wolf with, like, flaming eyes. Yeah, I don't like him. I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I should, actually, I should mention something else regarding to, Ul to Ulrich. Um, when Sigmar left, there are rumors, like, there are sightings that it's said that they've seen Sigmar walking beside a massive horse-sized boar. And a massive, um, equally sized white wolf. So in our previous episode, one of the challenges Sigmar had to do to earn like the gods' favor was to to hunt a large black boar, which was a, one of the gods. Apparently, Hercules was one of his favorite stories that he wanted to reenact. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> the the general concept is the is 
that Sigmar is basically being guided to wherever he needed to be by uh, Ulrich, who is the White Wolf, and by Tal, mm-hmm. who would man- who would be the boar, because Tal summoned the boar to hunt Sigmar hunt, or whatever. To hunt the liberations through, through the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, black boars and white wolves. <laughs> it's very weird how Sigmar literally has all these amazing things and everyone else is just a regular dude. Are you sure you're a Bretonian knight? Because that was a very intelligent observation. <laughs> oh, me fuck horse. Me fuck horse. <laughs> me fuck horse. Me drink, me drink lady bathwater. <laughs> I mean, when you drink, when you drink water from a lake and it turns into Captain America, are you really going to say no? Right. No. Yeah, I read that part. It was cool. But you told me to stop, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> I'll get to I'll get to Bertoni when I get to Bertoni. Be careful to listen to the elf there, Flub. He just doesn't want you to drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I don't know. Literally. It sounds like I want to drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are some elves who definitely want him to drink the Kool-Aid. But because Sigmar is based, because the cult of Sigmar is basically like a growing thing now, like it, it's becoming a growing thing, especially since he's gone. When he was around, it was very much similar to the Emperor in 40k, where like you're around, people are like, oh, you must be like, you're, you're an avatar of Ulrich, blah, 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 blah. He could always be like, no, I would never compare myself to one of the gods. He could always like announce it like personally. But when you're gone, you can't exactly say no. You can't exactly deny people worshiping you. <laughs> so naturally, the worship of, of Sigmar became bigger and bigger and bigger. And a lot of the elector counts during Falk's reign to try and like, earn favor like not just with each other like it was basically a way to like both flex on other counts as well as earn the popularity of like the locals they'd make like exorbitant bri- they would i don't want to say bribes bribes sounds bad donations <laughs> they'd make but donations are actually bribes they're <laughs> to the cult of sigma deductible bribes <laughs> ah, <laughs> there you go bri- i mean that's actually pretty true <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's in the Batman thing. Bruce Wayne, why would you donate something so priceless? It's tax deductible. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it was basically like, let's say I'm the Elector Count of of Reichland, and I want to become the Emperor, or I want to—I have aspirations of becoming the Emperor when Falk dies. I'm gonna make like so many donations to the Cult of Sigmar. So everyone, like everyone who sees these donations, will be like, "Wow, you must really love Sigmar. Surely you could be the next emperor." And it's also a way to like flexing all the other like um, fellow elector counts because they're seeing you make all these donations. It's basically you flexing your wealth on them, as well as almost like flexing your loyalty to the emperor or like rather to the to the empire. I don't because know why I'm basically... suddenly getting unitology vibes from Dead Space right now. <laughs> I actually never played Dead Space. Uh, okay, make note of this right now. Okay, continue on. <laughs> Wait, no, I know of Unitology. I heard it like once, but that's besides the point. Yeah, they're making like they're making these donations, and naturally, all the other elector counts. Like, let's say Flub is an is an elector count. He sees me like donating like a thousand dollars to the Cult of Sigmar. He's gonna be like, "Oh, fuck you! I'm gonna donate a hundred, like one thousand five hundred to the Cult of Sigmar." <laughs> You know, they're gonna they're trying to like flex their wealth and also like trying to earn favor with the population and with the cult of Sigmar. And because of all the wealth that the cult of Sigmar is earning, they're like exploding with like popularity and like with um with priests and with all these people because they're like they're getting they're being flooded with wealth so fast so easily. 
and they're literally growing very fast to the point that they're actually like almost starting to rival the cult of Ulrich really even faster than like they already were, which is naturally going to start causing some problems. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, I can name if I I'm sure nothing uh, dire will come of this religious conflict whatsoever. No, because nothing ever happens when two religious sects meet each other. Mm. Nope. <laughs> Can't think of anything. Nope. <laughs> nope. Now, while the elector counts were making donations to the cult of Sigmar, the cult of Sigmar was in and of itself also making its own donations to other elector counts because they had basically become so wealthy so fast they could themselves expend this wealth. In other words, the cult of Sigmar was basically bribing elector counts to basically vote for other elector counts when the, when the time to become emperor was open. So when Falk died, the cult of Sigmar would use its wealth to basically bribe other elector counts to vote for an elector count who was in their favor. So again, to use, to use us as the example, let's say... Let's say Gerald was an elector count who was super in favor of the cult of Ulrich get it or the cult of Sigmar getting a bunch of like a bunch of benefits. Well, they might they might bribe me and Flub to vote for Gerald when the time comes. We would do it because we got fucking bribed out of our asses, and Gerald becomes the new emperor and uses a bunch of his new power and ability to give the cult of Sigmar even more free reign to do whatever they want. I imagine this like weird exchange where it's just like, okay, say Flub is the electric count in this in this situation, and I'm like a high priest of Sigmar. Flub donates fifteen hundred gold coins or whatever to my cause or whatnot. But I see he's a man of wealth and taste, and obviously clearly good choices here. I decide to donate fifteen hundred gold coins to his cause to make him more popular. So either way, neither of us are actually making any kind of money out of this. But you guys are both earning a bunch of we're now clout. Now, this is basically how things go for a good like 500 years. So imagine this whole situation like continuing for like 500 years nonstop. Hmm. Okay, I can see that. Yes. Now, to, to streamline what happens for these 500 years, the cult of Sigmar again continues to grow so powerful that basically every single province except for Midland, which is the middle province, if it wasn't obvious. <laughs> It was? Please consult the map for further information. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? <laughs> well, I guess it's not really the middle of it, but it's it's up there. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at Flub's meme. <laughs> Call the oh, Sigmar Electric Camp. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that's that's pretty accurate. <laughs> but <laughs> but yes, <laughs> for <laughs> because of how popular the cult of Sigmar became, they were basically trying to get their own say to the point that they actually wanted their own votes. So it wasn't even that they wanted to bribe other counts to vote for other counts. It was, oh, we're so powerful, we should have our own vote on top of bribing. And I'm just going to say this now, they do get a vote, and then they get two more votes on top of that. <laughs> So it's like that weird French Revolution thing that kind of set it all off. It's just like the king and the nobility get one vote. The clergy get one vote. And then the general populace of like 90% of France's population, they get one vote. Yes. 
I mean, except in this case, the clergy gets three votes and the elector counts get one vote. <laughs> and the populace get half a vote. Yeah. Oh, they don't even get a vote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they do on paper. <laughs> they just get taxed. That too. Oh, you're crying because you're sad about not getting a vote? Oh, yeah, there's a tax with assault. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, basically, the concept is, is the, the clergy. Basically, the high clergyman, the base of the Pope, gets one vote, and then his two assistants also each get a vote. But because the clergy, because like these three are basically like holding hands the entire time, if the high clerk, if that Pope basically says that he wants something, the other two are obviously going to join him. They could vote for others, but like if you're like a bishop or a deacon, whatever the fuck you want to compare them to, and then the Pope votes for someone, you're not exactly going to go against them. Nah. So you know things are a little unfairly skewed in terms of the uh, in terms of the church, but you know that's besides the point because you know despite how clearly corrupt the entire like governing structure is, this is actually <laughs> the closest thing to a golden age the empire is actually going to have. Well, if I'm because... being honest, this sounds like a better golden age compared to what the uh, 40k equivalent goes through. Well, I mean, I, I I'd agree. <laughs> <laughs> because like governments are always going to be corrupt so it's kind of expected that it's kind of like, you can expect them to be corrupt like what's that they're they're bribing each other well that's just another day i'm just a little yeah, just another day farming yeah, the for... farming the lands just leave us alone let us farm my beans and potatoes <laughs> so basically like i said those first 500 years of the empire being born is basically them trying to like get their shit in order. There was them trying to like organize, trying to like get, you know, trying to figure out what the empire would be like without Sigmar. It's weird. It took 500 years to figure out what's going on, but you know, I'm not, I'm not an electric count. I don't know what, the, I don't know how long it takes to, for an empire to get its foot in gear. Well, we'll better 500 years to figure out what's going on than 10,000 years to just degrade into whatever the fuck the Imperium turned into. <laughs> Agreed. But, um, for the next five hundred years that that followed it, this would basically be the the golden age, the 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 greatest peak that the empire would ever have. Which, if you know anything about the timeline, might which might make you uncomfortable because I said that the current timeline is like two thousand five hundred and something. And now, is this like your OG Warhammer fantasy, or is this like the old world quote unquote that GW is trying to bring back? Um, this would be the OG. Okay. Yeah, like OG Warhammer Fantasy timeline is like 2,500 years, like in the Imperial calendar. When the Golden Age happens is between the years 600 and 1,000 of the Imperial calendar, which means after the Golden Age is 15,000 years of effectively steady. Yeah. Come on. (laughs) It's a. I know you're an elf, but you're better with with numbers than that. Well. Look, I've had a lot of coffee right now. It's not my fault. My brain's focusing on a lot of things at once. Yeah, let me try that coffee here. Bartender, <laughs> I told you not to sneak in more ale. <laughs> okay, fine. Fifteen hundred years. Okay, shut up. This is why you handle the money and I handle the words. <laughs> and that's one coin away from your paycheck. <laughs> it's okay. I was going to spend on gambling anyway. <laughs> so during the the golden age like there's literally a name for the golden age which is called the age of expansion and conquest which okay 
Doesn't sound great for anyone except the Empire. <laughs> so, basically, during this age, like, humanity is as strong as it will ever be in, like, every single, like, measure. Like, it is as powerful as it's ever going to be politically, militarily, economic, and, like, just the sheer amount of geography that they control. Now, it doesn't mean that over the course of, like, the remaining 1,500 years that follow, that they never reach, like, as high in any one of these individual apartments. It's more that during these 500 years, this is when all of those apartments were, like, maxed out. Yeah. Yes. So, like during, in true Warhammer fashion, oh. it's only downhill from here. Yeah. But, of course, you have to go up first. That's true. That's true. And speaking and, of going up, I have found another map of an empire. And uh, I just received a letter from corporate, and they want me to find the difference between the map I just found and the map that you just posted. <laughs> the Holy I can't Roman really empire. see a difference. <laughs> I can't really see a difference here. They're the same <laughs> picture. Well... Funny thing, would you believe me if I said the Empire of Man was based off of the Holy Roman Empire? As a history buff, yes, I believe you. <laughs> I mean, that would explain the uh, thousand years of decline that the, that the Roman Empire had and the 1500 years of decline that the Empire had. Oh, man. But uh, hey, t- okay, I'm actually going to give GW a little bit of credit there. They're ripping off the Holy Roman Empire, which is different from the Roman Empire that the Imperium is based on. So I'll, I'll, I'll clap my hand to that. Um, another another That's comparison, just specifically though. Germany, though, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, and then the big void is France, which would be Britonia. Oh, they copied <laughs> that like one for Britonia. one, didn't they? He says under his breath. <laughs> <laughs> Here's, here's another comparison, though. Sigmar has a very strong wolf theme based around them. Now, who built the Roman Empire? Or rather, who founded it? Was it a guy Jesus. named Romulus who was raised by wolves? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just saying. Sometimes GW is just really good, and sometimes they do really ass. <laughs> to quote... The emperor himself from Texas Speech. All I ever got from that was wolf, 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 and wolf. Unlike the space wolves, I actually like Sigmar. But to to kind of further explain what's going on, so for general theme, what happens is that during the age of expansion, every single one of the provinces are not as big as they are on the map that I showed, like the Empire map. All of them are basically like a lot smaller than they are. And even then, some of the provinces that I've shown on the map don't exist at this point. So literally, imagine like if every like all the all the all the provinces are where they are, but they're a lot smaller and they're a lot more like condensed in size. During the age of expansion is when a lot of these provinces begin like pushing outwards and expanding and begin kind of like actually growing in size and further interconnecting. And there's actually a lot of like smaller, very, very small human tribes that live basically isolated lives among like the very far end of the empire that Sigmar never actually like brought to heal. Like as far as a lot of them were concerned, they're basically being like taxed. Like if, like you're basically a farmer lives in like a hamlet in the middle of fucking nowhere, and suddenly like the local warlord doesn't show up for like a good fifty years. And suddenly out of nowhere, a fucking, like, army shows up carrying, like, fucking Steel Age weapons while you guys are, like, farmers that are barely, like, knowing how to grow potatoes properly. 
Hey, they make good potato soup. Indeed. So that's it is very much like a very strong like unification of like this landmass bringing like isolated very small hamlets into like the upper space uplifting them to like a much greater standard of living. Just you know making things overall better and you know better for everyone. <laughs> now, to go over some of the expansions, not only did the promises expand, but they wanted to push the boundaries of the empire. Because if you remember, Sigmar's dream was to literally control the landmass, like the entire like, continent, basically. Now, the map of the old world is not the entire continent, obviously. <laughs> it's at best Europe. It's at best, like, northern Europe. So, wanting to fulfill Sigmar's dream, the Empire basically starts leading a bunch of expeditions in basically every single direction. So, if you go back to the map that I showed like the map of the empire or the map that you showed Gerald um the provinces of Osland and Telebackland they basically unite they be, they're again they're it's a singular empire but these two provinces have their collective armies basically marshal together and they push north or i guess northeast towards what would be what would eventually become Kislev and the idea was that, if you remember, a lot of Chaos Marauders and like Chaos Worshippers were forced northward. The idea was to push into um, to push northward to where what would effectively be like Russia, and to colonize this region in preparation for future Chaos invasions. Mm-hmm. The problem was um, what happened when um, Hitler and Napoleon tried to invade Russia. Father Winter came in and bodied everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, same story. Basically, Oslan and Telebeckland, they moved northwards. And any settlements that they did form were basically swallowed up by the snows and the um, supermassive polar bears that lived there. And this is why you do not invade Mother Kislev. <laughs> I really like Kislev. I'm not gonna lie, I fucking love Keyslip. They're like, it sounds really Russian, and I like it. Are they getting well, models with the, the reboot? Um, That's I believe question. they are. I believe they are. But another reason I like Keyslip is because um, they are always ruled by um, a woman, and the woman oh. is always mm. a uh, a snow witch. Is always like a snow sorceress. Oh, it's Elsa. Yeah, except imagine Elsa, but like. She's a war-hardened veteran who's fighting demons on, on her front lawn all the time. Well, I don't think she's going to be letting that go anytime soon. <laughs> That's copyright. <laughs> I but... added the ING to the end. <laughs> Legally distinct Disney. Legally distinct? I don't know. I've Darth seen Nikki. Disney lawyers. <laughs> hey, Goofy, slap him with a lawsuit. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking do it again. <laughs> Don't make me lower your social credit score, ha huh? <laughs> I'll do it again. <laughs> so, <laughs> naturally, invading Keyslev didn't do so well. They did build some forts, but I think this is where they were pretty stupid, the Empire, because it was like, okay, well, we can't invade Russia. Let's build forts along Russia's borders. In this case, along Keyslev's borders, which doesn't sound bad. Except for the fact that Kislev was basically the buffer zone between Chaos invaders. Because, like, Chaos can, like, travel across the sea, obviously. 
But like aside from crossing the sea, which is incredibly treacherous and hazardous because of like the cold weather and bullshit, otherwise they have to travel via land. And naturally, if they're traveling northward, they have to travel through Kislev to the Empire. <laughs> so they basically like set up a wall in front of like the people who were being their buffer zone and basically put the people that were their buffer zone against the wall against the wall. So what you're trying to say is Kislev is like Poland in the Cold War. Uh, that might be a more accurate example. Ha 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 ha. So, for reference, though, Kislev is not like the Empire because of this reason. If an armored, you know, a bunch of armored knights come and says, your province is going to be a buffer zone to protect them from the enemy, well, what do we get out of it? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, Absolutely nothing. Yes. They also build a wall. So you, they also build like a series of walls. So you can retreat southward when you get invaded? Why does Kislev hate us? Was it the walls? <laughs> I feel like the I feel like the northern wall really made them upset. We built the walls and the Kislevs paid for it. Oh my god. <laughs> I wish. We might actually I'm like building the big they giant did some walls. base shit like that. Now listen, we're going to build a big giant wall. And we're going to keep all the northerners out. And we'll make the northerners pay for it. <laughs> oh man! Why do I feel? Why do I feel like Kislev hates us? <laughs> Although the Empire is kind of making enemies all over the place because um, rip the dwarves. What? So remember how Sigmar, you know, fought tooth and nail to keep the alliance between the dwarves, like you know, happening. Am I? Uh, am I about to not like Sigmar and his and his little? Uh... Little empire. Well, you you'll still like Sigmar because remember he fought to the nail for the dwarves. <laughs> yeah, he just yes. might not like the empire. Oh, lay it on me. So, if Oslan and Telebekland are moving north, Sterland and Averland are moving eastward. And you might notice that there's that to go east, they have to go through mountains. What about Mootland? Um, I'll get to it's Mootland. a moot point. It gets made eventually. It's <laughs> it's not made. It's there. not made until it's like moot. a little bit later, because it's all a moot point. There's nothing there. No, it's where the halflings live. Oh, gross. oh. <laughs> it's actually like a reserve. Yeah, keep the animals all. Yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> I I literally mean that it was. It's literally like a reserve, isn't it? Was like a stretch of land given to the to the halflings to like farm and like live there. So they can like continuously be taxed and like kept there, so that they're not anywhere else. I had this weird image of halflings farming themselves, so they can be plucked and harvested by ogres because of that oh, comment that you made in the second episode about <laughs> halflings <laughs> being made to feed ogres. Farm themselves. <laughs> <laughs> All right, honey, keep pushing, keep pushing. Yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful like, baby boy. Oh, it's All right, that'll the ground. be uh, one extra large child on a on a nice uh, thick bun. <laughs> <laughs> one halfling child. What's it? What's veal? What would be a good? What would be the? What would be the halfling equivalent of veal? A newborn baby, like you just said. <laughs> Toddler that's met- been tied to his bed all day, all, or all his life. <laughs> and then the ogre's campus is like, "Honey, what's for supper? <laughs> what are you going to tell them?" 
Oh, I don't feel like making anything. All right, let's go out to let's go out to Mookland. <laughs> We're gonna order oh take out. No, get, get ourselves some fast food. Let's go to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have one big halfling with it with a side order of uh side order of, of halfling meat. <laughs> oh, but the halfling jokes aside, yes, uh, Sirland and Everland push eastward, which is, you know, they have to go through these mount- massive mountain ranges. And if you remember who lives in the mountains, those are the dwarves. Oh, shit. <laughs> now, here's the thing. During during the, like, the, the first 500 years of the Empire, there were actually, like I said, there's isolated um, tribes all over the place. And some of these tribes actually lived among the, like, near the mountains. And these these like tribes and villages, they weren't part of the empire. They were actually considered like vassal. And these were considered like vassal cities or vassal vassal villages of the dwarves. So like imagine like human settlements that were like ruled, and like controlled by the dwarves, like fairly peacefully. The empire saw these like saw these humans living among the dwarves as vassals as like oh we need to save them we need to liberate them. So naturally, they start invading dwarven lands and like basically taking these people that were living fairly peacefully among the dwarves. Yeah, maybe they were like kind of second class citizens, but like hardly. And like bringing and like basically forcefully bringing them into the empire and then further pushing even deeper into the mountain ranges to basically like take over some like the mining, uh, the mining uh, industry that the dwarves had already previously set up. Mm. I don't like this. Yeah, yeah. It's not the. It's not. The, it's not the greatest. <laughs> Naturally, the dwarves did not like this, and like even to this day, still hold like I don't want to say resentment, but they're not happy. So that's where I found all those grudge tokens. That's what it's for. Mm. Now, at the same time, though, the emperor at the time. Was named after like one of my favorite Warhammer characters, Sigismund. <laughs> and he, I don't have to copyright too many names now. So, yeah. <laughs> um, basically, Sigismund was very much like a. Uh, well, he was literally named Sigismund the Great. So I wonder. I'm wondering where the uh, the inspiration came from. <laughs> <laughs> because when he became the emperor. His first goal was to, um, like I said, there was a, there was, there was twelve tribes in total of the old world. One of them fucking dipped and became the Bretonia because they were cowards and didn't want to help defend against the orcs. Uh, Ray, watch who you're saying this to. <laughs> I don't like the look of his axe. I don't know about, I don't know about the other Bretonians, but that's literally all I do is fight orcs. <laughs> <laughs> I can't speak for those guys over there, but I can <laughs> happily say that I killed my fair share of works. X-Bike Pass isn't going to keep itself open. All right. <laughs> now, the other one, the other, now, like I said, 10 tribes run Sigmar against the orcs. The Bretoni left and became Bretonia. The other one were, the other one was called the Jutons, and they basically traveled to the west into what is now called the Wastelands. Don't worry why it's called a wasteland. It's fine. <laughs> I'm sure it's a beautiful fine. place. <laughs> it's actually a, a very fun meadow of uh, flowers and roses. Yeah, exactly. What so called? Sig- the Jutong? The uh, Jutons. The Jutones. 
So it's J-U-T-O-N-E-S. I'm sure they're alive and thriving. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you see, they were until Sigismund was like, "Hey, you guys are bitches." So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take that land because they were basically like their own isolated problem. They were basically their own like isolated nation that like existed right beside the empire. And Sigismund was kind of like, "Why has no one conquered these guys yet?" So Sigismund did not like that fact that the Jutones were not part of the empire. So he was like, "Hey, you see this sword? You see this army?" You see these uh, nine other armies? You see how you guys have one? Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> and he proceeded to conquer the Jutones. He slaughtered many of them, but he tried his best to conquer them. To, you know, limit casualties because, you know, he needs someone to farm the land. Now, the Jutones would become... They would officially join the Empire as part as the Westerlands which is very similar to the Westerlands from Game of Thrones. Ah, Tywin Lannister. Yes, yes, yes. Except um, I think these guys end up a little bit worse than the Lannisters, given that the land that they live in eventually becomes called the Wasteland. But, you know, we'll get to that when we get to it. Ah, man, fuck the Lannisters anyways. Tywin was the only cool one. (laughs) I think Tyrion's cool. Okay, uh, Tyrion's too much of a good guy to be a Lannister. Jamie had an incredible arc, and then they just like he eh, did, the and then they end, screwed they it said, up. Oh, fuck it. You know, so what? I was just fuck like, I guy. don't respect you anymore. We spent seasons like making you like him, but like, you know what? Fuck him. Mm. <laughs> now, speaking of uh, people you like, but then you end up fucking him. Remember how Flub said he likes Bretonia? Yes, I mm-hmm. think he was uh, uh, bathed in the uh, Lady Bathwaters. He says, yes. I didn't bathe in it, I drank it. This is different. Well, either way, Knight is in his title, so I think he knows a thing or two or about a thing or two. Yeah, he slurped it down pretty good. <laughs> Goes down uh, smooth. Oh, God. <laughs> See, I only use it to, I only wanted to buy it because I wanted to use it to make hot dogs out of it. <laughs> oh. oh. See, now Sigismund, his ba- he basically wanted to become like the new he wanted to become like the new Sigmar, or that was like his goal was to like do what Sigmar couldn't do, which basically is is a little too. It's basically like very much pushing it because you know Sig- Sigmar became a god and Sigismund does not have a cult named after him. But <laughs> what I mean by this is that the reason why he went against the Jutones was to basically bring the province or, like, the nation that refused Sigmar to heal as, like, a way to fulfill what Sigmar couldn't do. Now, like I said, the Jutones were one of the prob- was one of the tribes that refused. The other were the Bretoni. So Sigismund, wanting to put bring the Bretoni to heal to the Empire, led a full-scale invasion of Bretonia. <laughs> Is this the Battle of Montfort? Um, it might be. Well, what do you have to say no. about that there, dear Flub? Uh, we won, so fuck it. <laughs> well i mean yeah well okay i don't want to say they won because sigismund built because sigismund had a bunch of like fortresses built on the other side like in bretonian territory and then he left so like you know so he just he gave us forts is what you're saying <laughs> yeah just, here you go you get a fort and you get a fort and you get a fort <laughs> everybody gets a fort 
I think that's like the funniest part though is that he was just like, all right, we invaded Bretonia. We just fought our way through Axe Pass. All right, let's build some forts on this side of the mountains. All right, let's head home, guys. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? What? Great job, everybody. <laughs> I think I just seen that guy riding a horse, and I think I just seen him rip a guy in two. You know what? I'm going home. Fuck this shit. <laughs> I'm going to go back to subjugating the Jutons. I mean, I think this does say a lot, though, because after Sigismund leaves Britonia, like, again, he he builds forts and he leaves. He leaves them, like, very minorly garrisoned because, like, in his mind, okay, I'm done. I build fortresses. I can go now. He leaves and he goes to, instead of fighting superhumans who ride horses, goes to fight more feral tribes of humans. <laughs> so, and how does he fare compared to that? Well, I mean, he fucks them over, but I'm pretty sure it's because he was fighting feral humans. <laughs> but here's another thing, though. Remember how I said that uh, Sirland and Av- and, Av- and Averland were invading the dwarves' uh, mountains? Yeah, fuck those guys. Sigismund was like, "Hey, you know what? You guys are doing a great job. Thanks for establishing a beachhead." Mm. So Sigismund takes his army. And in probably the, I don't want to say the cruelest bit of irony, but like in almost like spitting on the alliance that the Empire and the Dwarves had, he basically leads his army through Blackfire Pass. Oh, no. Yeah. He basically invades, the, he basically moves on the other side of the mountains. You've got mail. <laughs> oh, yes, of course, Flo has to post about of Montfort because he has to show <laughs> how, how proud he is of his fucking... Heritage. <laughs> oh, good. I was, you beat me to it. <laughs> a pretty good castle, though. It's pretty cool. Yeah, hey, that's epic. I like me some good castles. Um, so if you guys want to look at the map, um, you'll notice that there's the massive mountain range at the very bottom. You'll see the border princes. Yeah. Yes. What's that weird thing in the mountains? Look like a geode. Uh, that's a river. A I think it's like the. I think it's called the Dark Lake or something. It's basically like a massive body of water. Huh. I'm also pretty sure that's the one that the Skaven threw a bunch of warp stone into, but I could be wrong. Anyone tried drinking from it? Yeah. Um, Anyone tried seeing if there's a lady in it? (laughs) (laughs) If you drink from it, you're definitely going to see a lady. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, on the other side of the mountains, like where it says the Border Princes, these were basically more feral tribes of humans that were still... They were basically like similar to what Sigmar was. They were Bronze Age tribes that were like kind of fighting. Now, what I don't understand, this is completely... This is just completely thinking out loud. The orcs had to pass through this region to get through the Blackfire Pass, which is like that little stretch of road between the mountains. So my immediate thought was, how the fuck are there feral humans living there when like the biggest army of orcs had to pass through this region? That's just me thinking out loud. Hmm. <laughs> but I'm wondering. Hmm. <laughs> now, regardless how humans ended up there and how they weren't all instantly slaughtered against an army of a million orcs, there are failed tribes there. I don't know why. But they might have pulled decided the dwarf thing. They might learn a thing or two from the dwarves and hid in caves. That might be a, that might be a reason. <laughs> Maybe they went around. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe they just sit very, very still and orc vision is based on movement. <laughs> <laughs> Oi! Where's the gitch now? 
I can't see him. <laughs> One guy scratches his nose and he like gets fucking half to pieces. <laughs> oh, I'll see him. Did these I don't see him before. <laughs> Have you seen a purple Umi? Oh my god. And I'm pretty sure the Boar Princes have purple on their flag. So maybe <laughs> or that's why the orcs flag. didn't fight. Or maybe that, yeah, maybe that's why they survived the orcs, because they're all painted purple. <laughs> but um, regardless, Sigismund decides that he's going to, again, move through Blackfire Pass. And if you remember, like, where the Border Princes are, this is what's considered the Badlands, which is, like, basically, like, a rough country. It's full of orcs, goblins, ogres, all the, like, bad monster bullshit. <laughs> Sigismund's basically like, I'm going to invade this and, like, establish a beachhead and, like, establish a fort here. So he begins subjugating a bunch of the human, the feral human tribes here. And he they basically establish, like, an offshoot province. Like, it's a, it's a province, but it's not officially part of the empire. And the moment Sigismund leaves, and the moment, like, basically the majority of, like, imperial control leaves, they immediately fall into infighting and become a bunch of separate, independent, like, city-states... <laughs> Called the Border <laughs> Princes. <laughs> now, I remember how I said Keyslip was like the buffer zone against the Northern Chaos Invaders, and they don't quite like the Empire. Yeah, uh, the Border Princes are basically the Eastern buffer zone for the Empire. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you guys remember Bretonia? Yes, that's the Southern <laughs> buffer zone. <laughs> 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 Are you guys noticing a trend here? Yes. <laughs> I just find it humorous to imagine they're like, oh, look, another people we can use as cannon fodder while, while we prepare for an invasion. <laughs> oh, that being said, though, like Kislev, who, again, I really fucking love because they're really just fucking hardcore people. The Border Princes, like I say, they're, they're, they're infighting city-states, but that, that I don't want to disrespect them by saying that they're just city states because you have to remember these guys live in the badlands on the other side of the world ends mountains so they are constantly like fighting each other and like orc invasions ogres ogre rotations like all the fucking like monsters that live in the badlands so every single like soldier in the in the border prince's armies are really hardened veterans they're the best equivalent would be like cadia in 40k I was gonna say I was I was just about to make that connection. So like this is basically like Cadia, essentially. Yeah. I mean Keith lives also like Cadia because it's literally like on the doorstep of hell, but you know. So okay, so Border Princes are like Cadia. <laughs> Keith is like Cadia. Bretonia is they like their horse horses. Fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Troll Slayer, they kind of wander through the Border Prince area for a little while. It's yeah. very much like a yeah, it wasn't really like united it was just like this castle has this area yeah it's very much like a bunch of like i said it's a bunch of independent city states that are at best in like a mutual like ceasefire or in like a perpetual state of cold war against each other so i mean that should give you an idea of like what it's like living there but like i said they bring a bunch of other small nations to get a bunch of like smaller like tribes together that includes uniting the tribes north to the north of surland which is sylvania for reference, Sylvania is Transylvania. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, yeah I don't like this either. Yeah, don't worry. I'll get to it when I get to it. Say, hoping you'd say Pennsylvania and then <laughs> just be a bunch of cheesesteaks or something. Yeah, I like cheesesteaks. I want to limit talking about Sylvania as much as possible because I yeah. really don't want to talk about Manfred. 
Yeah, so that comment you made about getting to it later, please get to it never. Like, oh my god, I don't want to talk about Manfred. Please please just tell me he does not sparkle in the fucking sunlight. God, I wish he fucking burned. <laughs> like, like, I wish he like burned with the heat of a million suns. You didn't say he doesn't sparkle, damn it. <laughs> well, I mean... Uh, Anyways, moving on. Yeah, it's it's more. I'm more just mentioning Sylvania because I'm gonna and I need to establish that Sylvania is there because it becomes important at some point. Do we really have to acknowledge that they exist? Well, eventually I will. Now, for the general purpose, you guys can get the idea that this is the high point. Like again, Sigismund is conquering lands. The empire is growing, expanding. They're throwing other people as fucking meat shields to keep themselves safe. <laughs> Some of you may die, but it's a sacrifice I am willing to make. Um, In the so, words of uh, Ultron, have you ever made an omelet? <laughs> now, <laughs> they're again, they're, they're having a great stream of victories. The problem is that all victories have to come to an end. So. Not soon enough. <laughs> Do you guys see... I don't think it's on my map. It might be on Gerald's map that he posts. I hope it is. Um, yeah, it's on Gerald's map. Good luck scrolling up to find it. Then I'll just repost it. Never. <laughs> I'll just save hey, it. I got it. Up. Okay, he posted it again? No. Oh, <laughs> I just found <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, I'm making you work for this bitch. <laughs> Well, regardless, on Gerald's map, you guys notice, uh, I want you guys to like look find Nordland, which is not actually the northmost province. <laughs> How does that? Well, hold on. The compass is kind of twisted. So wait. Yeah, uh, I think it is head. north. They just have it tilted. Yeah, oh, yeah. they do right. have it tilted. Okay. <laughs> okay, fine. Nordland is the most northern province. Now, if you further eye Nordland, You'll notice that there is a place inside called Laura Lorn Forest. Can either of you guys see that? Barely, but yes. Okay. Um, this this is basically a forest um, that's controlled by the Wood Elves. Boo! <laughs> what are you booing? You're Bretonian. <laughs> Boo! My man. I live in the mountains. I don't, I've never seen a tree in my fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Gerald, remember how I said that the sauruses hunted down all the, or I guess like 98% of the apex predators? Yes. Um, basically, the wood elves' forests are home to like the bottom 1% of those apex predators. Not all yes. of them, but like that's where you would find some of the apex predators is in the wood elves' forests. Mm -hmm. And for further examination, these forests are like, again, they're controlled by wood elves. But they're also like teeming with natural magic, which, like I said, is something that permeates the world. But in high concentrations, it can create like apex predators. It can just, it's just a, ma a very magically rich forest. Kind of like the spirit of, say it with me now. <sighs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> the planet where they fuck wolves. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> now oh, the, the map doesn't do it justice because Lorlorn Forest is actually like really fucking massive. But again, the like imagine but again, like everything on this planet is like twice as big as Earth, so like you know it's a fucking big ass forest. Mm -hmm. Now 
at this point, uh, people wanted to colonize uh, Laura Lorne Forest because it's a massively rich forest. It's full of a bunch of shit, but it's also teeming with beastmen, apex predators, and wood elves. And they naturally want to expand there to, you know, take care of potential dangers before they happen. So the Westlands, Norland, and Midland, all of them all try to, I don't want to say they invade. They try to take Laura Lorne Forest either through dip- diplomacy or the occasional invasion. And every single one of those attempts, whether it's peaceful or through force, fail. <laughs> now, that's bad, already. Like, oh, Midland tried to invade. Oh, that didn't work. Okay, well, Westland tried to use diplomacy to, like, take some territory. That didn't work. Well, eventually, these three provinces decide, what if we combined our forces? <laughs> now, how do you Wait think these three... Oh, go ahead. A human empire actually uniting to invade somebody? <laughs> I believe it when pigs fly. <laughs> how do you think these three provinces combined armies were uh, fared against the forests of Lorelorn? Um, I imagine they all get bodied. Um, yeah, because it's basically invading Katachan. Yep. Oh, yeah. They definitely get bodied. Yep. Well, I mean, when Westerland becomes the wasteland, it's kind of a spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) No, the wasteland just gets not okay place because the wasteland becomes not okay place. and Don't worry about it. (laughs) It's actually the province of Midland that actually loses a lot of influence because of this, (laughs) which is really funny because like the furthest away from Laurelorn forest, (laughs) like Nordland and and the Westlands are between them and they still suffer the worst. (laughs) (laughs) But the reason they suffer the worst is because they were the ones Basically, like if Nordland and Waste and the Westlands were pushing and were pushing like one, were each giving like one guy. The Midlands were putting two for every one of their guys. Like they were like really trying to take this because it was both a, a thing of pride. Because like the Midlanders are really fucking stubborn. Like, so it was like, like the, the kid that does like ninety percent of the work in the in the group project, but he still gets the failing grade. Yeah, <laughs> like to put it into perspective. Midland still worships Ulrich, despite the entire rest of the Empire predominantly worshiping Sigmar. That's how stubborn Midland is. Well, this sounds like a big middle finger to the to the Empire, or the, to the cult of Sigmar. Yeah. Sounds like they had it coming. So they try to invade, and like all three of these provinces get bodied by a single force of wood elves. And Midland suffers like the worst. And this is basically the you know, let's say you're a marathon runner. You're running. You've been running like a good pace. You've been like making great pace. This one defeat is basically you tripping in the middle of the marathon. It oh. ruins everything. Yeah. <laughs> because like, again, the, the Empire has been like getting victory after victory after victory. Some are pure victories, obviously, but, <laughs> you know, for the most part, they're victories. They're winning. They're expanding. They're growing and everything. The problem is that this is the this is where things go wrong for them. All right. Well, let me ask this: Did the dwarves give them a pyrrhic victory? Did they at least hold um, their own? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, if you can march an army straight through Blackfire Pass unopposed, what is that going to tell you? Uh, I don't like this. <laughs> this. This upsets me. This upsets me. I'm upset. Bartender, give me something stronger. <laughs> So, and this you can also say Sigismund's death leads to could also lead to the death of the empire. But I think Sigismund was already kind of on his way out. Like 
The Empire was already losing even before Sigismund died before he kicked the bucket. <laughs> so he so, was basically winning the war for the opposite team. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. We're going to win this. Why are you retreating? <laughs> they have something more advanced than spears. They're literally they have they have they actually have armor, not hides. <laughs> I'm not retreating. I'm advancing the other way. <laughs> I, I'm, re- I'm I'm advancing to a fallback position. <laughs> we are fighting so we can run away. <laughs> but like it's I'm joking. But like when you look at all the fights, Sigismund is one. Like a lot of them are against like feral human tribes. Because when he fought Bretonia, he set up bases and left. When he tried to invade Keyslip, those guys got fucking bodied. So like, I don't, I'm just saying, I don't think the Great really fits his title. <laughs> More uh, like an Alexander the Swell, if you know what I mean. I'm gonna get some fucking like Empire <laughs> fanboy who's like really into Sigismund. He's gonna be messaging me, just like, "How dare you insult Sigismund the Great? He conquered <laughs> so many lands." Who cares if those people that he killed were wearing simple hide armors and he had full-on knight armors and outnumbered them 100 to 1? Sigismund was a great warrior. Hey, as much shit, as much shit talk as we've been doing about the god emperor of mankind, we've survived all the Inquisitor attempts, so I think one little Reddit commenter is going to be okay. I don't know. I don't know. He might be Bertoni. <laughs> I'm joking. I actually like the Bertoni. We joke. We joke. We kid. We kid. Yes. I can't. I can't. I can't stand some other races, though. Hmm. No names will be made, though. Hmm. <laughs> but anyway, so with Sigismund dead, um, can you guys guess which of these provinces decided to jump at the ch- at the chance to elect new emperor? Yes, uh, Reckland. Incorrect. Just yes. Reichland is all good, and everyone there is nice and happy because that's where Sig- that's where Sigmar comes from. So nothing bad ever happens there. <laughs> it's fine. No. It's fine. Um, Midland actually uh, makes a play for the throne, despite you know getting fucking bodied by. Yeah, I thought they were the failures. <laughs> they don't know. Yeah, that's why they want to be the. Em- <laughs> that's why they want to have an emperor. <laughs> oh, their plan was to fail upwards all along. <laughs> Basically, Damn, we cannot escape the Skaven. Oh, oh dear yes, God! Yes, yes. <laughs> basically, the um, the Elector Count of Midland and like all of his like nobles basically like bribe so many people, and it's the only time they actually give like lip service to the cult of Sigmar. They're doing everything they can to get votes to like bribe their way into the emperor position, which they do, and they do. Be- and the Elector Count does become an emperor. Now, this is something I didn't mention. I'm going to mention it now. When you become an emperor, uh, and you're like, uh, when the electric count becomes the emperor, they don't move to Reichland and live in uh, Altdorf. What happens is that the capital of that province becomes the new capital of the empire. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was basically a way of like creating some level of like you know community. Like everyone gets the capital at some point. I don't like it because I can imagine this makes maps like unimaginably like unreliable. Like every fifty years <laughs> or something, the map has to get updated. Oh, Lord, I like, like turning it on its United side States and having the compass like pointing to the west. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, for Midland, their capital was I think it was called Drakenwald or Drakewald or whatever you want to call it. 
but that was like the capital city of it. Now, if you notice the map, you'll notice there is no Drakenwald anywhere on the uh, Midland uh, province. You guys wonder why that is? <laughs> I can't uh, imagine they had they anything got, to do with them baking cookies. Got <laughs> renamed to Delbert or whatever that is. Delbers. <laughs> Delbers. The Burrs, whatever you want to pronounce it. The Burr. Um, no, it collapses and becomes abandoned, but that's besides the point. Uh, Midland um, stays winning. <laughs> we'll, we'll fail upwards. We just have to keep going down. Eventually, we'll springboard up. Hashtag winning. <laughs> if they were praying to the god of W's, they might actually get a win once in a while. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. If they pray to the god of W's, they might get a W. <laughs> Clearly, they're praying to the wrong god. No. <laughs> oh wait, they're praying to Ulrich. What am I talking about? Oh, so they're not getting a W. Oh, they're getting oh, did you turn it to Wombo? <laughs> <laughs> they're whiffing it. The god of W's. Yes, you guys are sure whiffing it. <laughs> I'm imagining like Ulrich's like throwing them like soft underhand balls and every single swing they give they fucking just miss <laughs> it's like come on guys I can't make this any easier for you <laughs> meanwhile Sigmar's like walking down the road with like an army and they're just like rocking out to like music or some shit they're like the fucking cool kids on the block now <laughs> <laughs> now this wasn't bad enough the emperor of the emperor of Midland at the time. The idea was that not only did he want to become the emperor to like you know regain some of his crippling influence, it was basically <laughs> like, oh, I'm the emperor now, so everyone has to respect me. It was also that because of how much money they spent on bribes, that the that basically all the nobility in Midland were basically broke. I was gonna ask, like, with all these bribes and their constant failing upwards and just getting bodied and everything, is just like, do they even have anything left? No, that's why one of the things they, the, one of the first things they did upon becoming like the capital, like becoming emperor and shit, was they immediately started taking a little bit off the top of the tax money every every intake. <laughs> I'm I'm smelling Robin Hood vibes now. <laughs> it was we got we got a million we got a million gold coins. What we only got nine we only got nine hundred thousand gold coins. Like I said, eight hundred thousand gold year. coins. So remember, store that in a bank so you can protect your 700,000 gold coins. Wink, wink. (laughs) (laughs) So so this ledger says 600,000 gold coins. Like I said, 500,000 gold coins. (laughs) (laughs) So naturally, the people of Midland are, well, the Empire in general, are not getting the money they need for taxes aren't going where they're supposed to, which is exactly like real life, but you know. It's funny uh, and sad because it's true. <laughs> Why does this hurt so much? <laughs> I mean, all these considered the fact that it took a thousand years for the for the tax economy to become corrupt. That uh, kind of says a lot. Well, give credit where credit's due. It took the Imperium ten thousand years to get to where they are, so they must be doing something right. <laughs> oh my God, we're defending the Imperium. Oh, what is wrong with us? <laughs> but. Yes, like I said, every like I said, every intake they would hit the the nobles, like specifically the emperor, who was you know the leader of Midland. 
he would take a little bit off the top and he would naturally have to pay back all the bribes that his nobles did. So, you know, any money he took off the top, he would take for himself and give back to the nobles. And what happened was that because all this money it was co- that was that should go to taxes was basically being flooded back to the upper class, the upper class started to, you know, regain prestige. But it was very superstitious prestige. Like, imagine you're like fucking, like, I don't know, fucking Ostland or like Tibetland or any of the nations that are like having to deal with like the north and like all like the harsh lands and environments you like you know you have fought and earned your place and then you just realize that midland is basically like siphoning all your taxes and the and the the wealthy people there are just getting more and more like rich and like making all the money they lost back hot take income so basically yeah, like you know, when you pay a you owe a huge debt to the crown all of a sudden that gets forgiven but then the people that paid their debt to the crown don't like that yep <laughs> <laughs> not great not great not great at all not to mention you remember remember midland also worships the cult of ulrich more than the cult of sigmar so already they're on everyone's shit list even more now it seems like every this, faction we have talked about thus far there's always been that one friend or that one group that is always on the shit list or is the shit list yes now what happened was that event over the course. Now, what happened is that normally every emperor, like every successive emperor, comes from like another like province. Like, oh, maybe the last emperor was from Tibetland, the next one's from Stirland, the one after that's from Reichland, the one after that's from Nordland. Because of how much money the Midland nobility was getting from taxes, they basically kept bribing every other province to keep voting for them. So you literally had like a dynasty of Midland emperors that kept happening one after another. And because this kept happening, every single emperor perpetuated the cycle of taking more money off the top for literally generations. Oh, there's so much irony in that. It's just the, the this is just the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, exactly. all right, we're skimming money the... off the top. Okay, time to pick a new emperor. Okay, here's your bribe, and here's your bribe, and here's your bribe, and oh shit, we're broke again. Okay, time to skim some more off the top, and here's your bribe, and here's your bribe. And... <laughs> yep. You see, you see where the issue is coming <laughs> now, because the, now this resulted in like every single generation taking more and more off the top, like quite literally, eventually, like it got to the point where like almost no money from taxes was going where it should. And it was all going to the nobility of, of Midland. And because they were so wealthy, because like, because they were getting so much money becoming so wealthy, they started using this wealth to basically fund. Okay. Um, remember how the elves had their pleasure cults? Yes. Uh, Midland starts having their own little pleasure cults going on. Damn it, Slanesh. Well, they weren't actually worshipping Slanesh. They were just having, you know, one too many orgies and one too many uh, coked up uh, halfling hunts. Oh, wow. I thought the halflings were forming themselves. (laughs) 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 Yeah. One of the pastimes of one of the Midland emperors was hunting halflings. Was like riding a horseback and, hunt- and letting halflings loose and just like hunting them. Yeah, there's definitely going to be a scouring in this shire. Well, the worst part is that the shire does get like scoured several times by like a bunch of other people. So I mean, oh man, <clears throat> yeah, the poor dwarves. Well, not the poor dwarves. The poor halflings. <laughs> yeah, they get. They actually, in their defense, they actually do kind of get it worse than the dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if this couldn't get worse, it actually could. Why am I not surprised? Because um, the because the emperor 
and like uh, the nobility of Midland was succumbing to this, and because like Midland was like the main province for like so many generations, a lot of these like hedonistic actions were kind of like seeping into the other uh, like neighboring provinces, which in which because they were literally the middle of the empire, that was every province around them. <laughs> so every province started having their own little like pleasure cults and like hedonistic rituals and like all their little debaucherous acts. And it got so bad that it was very similar to like the Necrons where every province was getting progressively more like hedonistic, selfish and petty to the point that like if you were say the the elector count of like one of the provinces, well, you want to make sure that your deeds are recorded. You want to make sure that when you went for a hunt, that your deeds were recorded, that every single step you took was like poetically recited by like three different bards at once. You want to have. It was very much a point where the nobility was, like, so wealthy from the bribes and all of the, like, hedonistic rituals and all that bullshit that, like, the lower class, this was where the biggest, like, wealth experience was happening. And, you know, there's not great things. No. Um, you know, it's now, honestly surprising that, like, with all these pleasure cults and all these, all this violence and all this scheming or whatnot... It's like you mentioned a couple episodes ago. It's just like you're. It's honestly surprising that like chaos is hardly involved in all of this. Yeah, exactly. Chaos is surprisingly weak in Warhammer Fantasy. Now, again, this is really bad because this like this period was basically one of the worst periods. So, you know, this period was known for having some of the worst like political strife, assassinations, infighting, and bribery like ever. Like, this was, like, the worst possible, like, period of time for all those things. And it also saw the rise of the worst emperor in, like, all of the Empire's history. You guys want to know what his name was? What? Mm. <laughs> Boris the Gold Gatherer. Okay. Now, I don't <laughs> trust anyone named Boris on, like, an instinctual level because it just seems like an evil name. <laughs> Maybe that's just me profiling. Hey, Boris the Goose from Balta was a decent fellow. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't, I just, I don't trust anyone named Boris. I'm just going to be honest here. <laughs> just on principle. Just on principle because they're usually bad guys. Now, to really, do you, either of you guys know anything about like Aegon Targaryen the Fourth from Game of Thrones? Was he the one that was called the... Was he the unworthy one? Yeah, he was the unworthy one. He was the fat one, right? Picture. He was the fat the one. Same shit. Okay, hold on. I can find it for you. I just looked up a list of uh, emperors, and that last one has a... <laughs> anyway. What was that? There's a list of emperors uh, that I found, and one, two, three, four, four down from Boris there. That lady has a nice... Moniker after her name. Which one's that one? Beatrice the Monumentally Cruel. <laughs> if she was any good. <laughs> hmm. I'm, I'm sensing something might be wrong with this woman. <laughs> the Monumentally Cruel is one hell of a nickname. <laughs> I wonder how she got that title. Uh, I don't know. I think she was cruel. <laughs> Monumentally. <laughs> now, why I'm saying that uh, Aegon Targaryen IV is a good example for what kind of person Boris was. Um, Boris was 
very keen on, you know, uh, abusing every single ounce of his power to do whatever he wanted. As you so, do. Yeah. Especially, so, you know, Hammer. Yeah, so, you know, if he wanted someone to, you know, be with him, they would be with him because he was the emperor and he could do whatever he wanted. I said there'll be no smut here. As bad as that is, he's also kind of funny because <laughs> he did a, he did some really bad stuff and was also so, like, selfishly greedy that, like, if you gave him enough money, he could give you any title you wanted. Like, if you were like, hey, Boris, here's, like, 10K. Can you make me a lord? Sure thing. Now, that's bad. But he would also sell relics and ancient treasures out of the um, out of the palace's vaults. Ooh, that's probably not a good thing. Like, oh, this is a crown worn by Falk of Visseland or Whistleland, or you want to call it. It's an ancient <laughs> relic that's over a thousand years old. And I'll give you like twenty bucks for it. Deal. Sold. <laughs> now that's again, that's also bad. But what's the funniest shit he did? is he would literally rent out rooms in the Imperial Palace like it was a fucking hotel. Better be some five-star gourmet shit if I'm going to stay in a place like that. I hope so. But here's where it's even funnier. The rooms that he would rent out were always the rooms of the emperors that he hated the, the most. Because, like, basically every emperor gets their own room in the palace. Like, when you become the emperor, you get you don't just get, like, the emperor's room. You get like a special quarters built for you, and each one of these quarters is like a is like a sacred place. Basically, he would be selling out. Like, let's say I was, let's say I was Boris, and like Flub was an emperor that had made a decision in the past that I didn't like, or like he was a, like an emperor from like a hundred years ago that I just didn't like on principle for whatever reason. I would sell his. I would like loan out his room to be like used by people to sleep in his room. <laughs> Among other things. Yes, and I think that's fucking hilarious. Like, he's, like, just so petty and, like, so pathetic and almost, like, so evil. <laughs> so like, it was, yeah, like, like, the... So, I guess when you mentioned that, it's, like, the Imperial Palace is that, like... So this is, like, every time a new emperor is crowned, like, they just build on and build on and build on and build on until, like, the well, palace itself is basically, like, its own small city. Well, there's a palace in every single city, like every single one of the, um, like every single province has its own like imperial palace, basically. Ah, uh. yeah. So like, if he, even though he's in like Midland, he might sell the rooms in like Reichland or like uh, in, you know, all in like any one of the nearby provinces. Like if Westland had a pro- had its palace, he would sell people there. It was literally just like, oh yeah, it's like one of my hotels, basically, <laughs> to make money. Yes, to make money. <laughs> yep. Now I'm now imagining him with the voice of Mr. Krabs, and I will not <laughs> unhear that. Oh God, that makes him perfect. <laughs> now Boris is a bad guy, right? He's not a bad guy. He just likes money. <laughs> now, how do you think Boris met his end? Um, oh, it says it. It says it right here, but I'm gonna let Gerald guess. Uh, I'm pretty sure there was a massive revolt. Flub, what happened? Uh, he died of the Black Death. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Now, Gerald, who caused the Black Death? Ooh, ooh, yes, yes, Skaven, Skaven. So, 
what I'm trying to say here is the Skaven saved the Empire by killing its worst <laughs> Emperor. <laughs> Holy shit. Now, let's see how much... Now, Flub, who succeeds uh, Boris, the uh, the gold gatherer? Mandred II, also known as Mandred Skavenslayer. Hey, yeah, motherfucking I know that right, guy. the Skavenslayer. <laughs> Air horns. <laughs> wonder, wonder what he does. Well... Given the fact that during Boris's rule, the Skaven invaded, which, for reference, the Skaven have the Under Empire, which I'm assuming, Flub, you know of the other the Under Empire. And uh, Skaven Slayer, they basically just uh, stay in Nome, but they mention being sent from like reinforcements sent from other places through the Under Empire. Yeah, basically, Skaven are everywhere. Like they're literally everywhere. And they have like a massive like underground like highway that they've taken over from the dwarves. That's literally, and they have like fortresses under every single city. So during the Skaven invasion, every single Skaven that was below the surface rose to the surface and started like slaughtering everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this, and they started this invasion by unleashing the Black Plague on the people. So glorious. Yes, he's just. <laughs> of course, um. That's until uh, the the great emperor uh, Manslayer, or rather not Manslayer. Wow, Skaven Slayer. Manslayer, eh? <laughs> Manslayer. He fought with he fought with the Skaven. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> this! I'm on the winning side. Mandrid <laughs> oh. <laughs> Skaven Slayer. I mentioned this before, but to go over it fast, he basically like rallied humanity, and one of the one one of the main things he did was incite like propaganda. Which was basically any defeat against a Skaven was like denied, like reports were like burned or like or like destroyed, so no one would like know of the defeats, and only the victories would be recorded, as well as like setting up like the sewer watch, which was basically like a garrison force in the uh, city sewers to keep Skaven from invading. But overall, Mandrit Skaven Slayer saved the Empire by uniting everyone and stopping the Skaven and hucking the Black Death at the Skaven. <laughs> <laughs> that still gets me every time. He gave the Skaven the Black Death. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes, yes, yes. We make we make Black Death. We infect humanity. <laughs> Wait, why am I coughing? Oh no! <laughs> oh yeah, in a Skaven Slayer, the voice or the the reader guy. I don't know what the hell he's called. He does Skaven voices really well. Yes, I love Skaven voices. They're so fun. He even Ooh, does like. Really? The- he does the like the the breathing in between phrases. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> now here's here's something though. Um, given everything that Mandrid did for the Empire, how do you think history remembers him? Hmm. They don't. Yeah, they don't. No, they remember him, but they remember him as a fool and a madman who hunted rats. And I mean, like regular. Like regular oh, rats. Oh right, yeah, they got a high. Oh yeah, darn. Well, he got because, shot himself in the foot there. Yeah, because like all history, because all like the true evidence of the Skaven was like destroyed. The only things they have to go off of is the victories, and so as far as everyone's concerned, he was basically like an emperor who had a who was like stopping a like. As far as history remembers, the Skaven like the, the Skaven invasion. It's literally just like the Black Plague and like an invasion of rats. And not even an invasion, but like there was just a lot of rats at the time. That's how history remembers this, the first <laughs> Skaven invasion. 
he really shot himself in the foot when he when he did that whole campaign. <laughs> Literally, like that's one of the worst parts about him is that he's one of the best emperors and he's remembered as a fool and a madman and just a rat catcher. Dumbass. <laughs> now, the thing about Mandrid is he history does remember him poorly, but for the time that he was alive, he was a great king and a great emperor until he died. And then a whole succession crisis happens again. <laughs> so Game of Thrones Light, part two. Twelve. Uh, yes. Except unlike the War of the Five Kings that happened in Game of Thrones, this one begins the Age of the Three Emperors. Hmm. For three, anyone, you say? Yes. For anyone Oops. wondering, the Age of the Three Emperors is going to be the, uh, the reboot or the uh, remake of Warhammer Fantasy that's going to be coming out sometime soon. Yeah, did they? Did GW ever actually establish like when the old world, quote unquote, is supposed to be out? Um, they uh, didn't. Early twenty twenty four. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Okay then. See, someone knows. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be the age of the three emperors. Which, for general reference, um, there was someone who was elected to become the emperor. However. Um, I believe a woman from, I believe it was another woman from Ostland. I believe she wanted to be emperor instead. And so she basically started a uprising or rebellion, which began the age of two emperors. Hmm. However, because uh, Midland can't do anything right and <laughs> they really want Ulrich back, um, they also threw in another emperor. <laughs> Look, Midland is great. But, like, the people that come out of there just aren't that great of people. The fact that they're still hanging around and haven't become, like, a wasteland or a badland or a border prince area is just, like, they either are doing something very right that we're just not privy to, or they are just having the worst imaginable look. <laughs> well, it's funny, it's funny you just say bad luck, because actually... The general who led uh, the invasion of Loron Forest or Loron Forest is simply known as the Unlucky. So, (laughs) like, history doesn't remember his name. They just remember him as the Unlucky. So, when he invaded with like two other provinces, he got fucked up that badly that he was remembered as the Unlucky. (laughs) And he carried that curse over to Midland. Wow. (laughs) Just wow. Yeah. So, like I said, uh, the Age of Three Emperors, it's very much a, I don't want to say a holy war, but it's kind of a holy war because <laughs> basically one of the emperor, like whenever an emperor is chosen, they're very much viewed as like chosen by Ulrich or chosen by Sigmar rather. Like, oh, Sigmar chose you to be the emperor. We just like, we voted and you become chosen by Sigmar by becoming the emperor. Wink, wink. Now, yeah, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Well, I mean, remember, you have to remember the theologists are fucking also having a vote in there. So, I mean, <laughs> so this is where the Age of the Three Emperors happens. For anyone wondering, yes, this is where the old world is going to take place. Um, for a timeline, though, the, the Age of Three Emperors actually outlives all three emperors that started it. How does that work? I know I'm okay um, with numbers, but I'm still trying to figure that out. Because each of the it looks like each of those provinces just kept like a new one. Yeah, yeah. Each province would basically be like, "Oh, this guy's dead. Okay, elect a new one." And you know, naturally, there's shifting ties, there's changing of borders, and all that bullshit. 
But mm. to sum up how long the Age of Three Emperors lasts, 600 fucking years. Nice. All right. That's a good This run is there. literally a 600-year-long civil war. <laughs> hey, that's, even, that's even got uh, Krieg beat by 100 years. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> Dang. Well, that's nukes, I'm so. impressed. <laughs> I mean, the Skaven have nukes. <laughs> <laughs> that they do. That's literally how they found the un- that's literally how they found the fucking underground highways. They fucking nuked their city and then fell into the underway. <laughs> oh, oh god. There there I I am never not impressed with how ridiculous this game are, and it's awesome. Now to very quickly sum up the Age of Three Emperors, though, it was a civil war that we are going to be covering next episode. Ah, indeed, because we are beginning to run a little bit long, and I don't want Gerald to be forced to edit a four-hour episode. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Although I will <laughs> ask one question, I will ask one question though. Although you can choose to save this for the next one, but uh, so what is the state of the Empire in Age of Sigmar? Is it pretty much the same thing, or do you want to cover that later? Um, the Empire does not exist in Age of Sigmar. They are, um, in Age of Sigmar, the Empire, like I said, is gone. They've basically been replaced with what are called the Cities of Sigmar. And to, without without going too deep into the cosmology, Age of Sigmar basically functions on eight separate, like, universes that all coexist and, like, relate to one another, very similar to, like, the Nine Realms of Norse Mythology. Okay. Um... That's the best way to put it in like as simple terms as possible. And uh, the cities of Sigmar are basically like city states that are ruled by that basically inhabit the common people and they're armored by and they're basically and the people that guard it and like fight for it are very common militia and nobles. Um, the best way to put it is if it's a fusion of Bretonia and the Empire and they lit and they are very much just city states that conquer and invade the other like realms hmm. to like establish their own little forts and their own little expanding territory and fight for and fight in the name of Sigmar against chaos. Okay. All right. So dear listeners, there's your little lip service to Age of Sigmar for those who are wondering. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if I'm gonna cover Age of Sigmar, I'm gonna need to I'm gonna need to explain the end times and I don't want to explain the end times just yet because Literally. Look, I said it wasn't that bad, but like as I'm thinking about it I'm starting to realize that I'm actually starting to hate it more and more and more as I think about it. <laughs> Maybe it was that bad. I was like, it's one of the things where it's like, you know what? Like, the, like it, I don't have any connection because I wasn't like playing. I wasn't like fully invested in Warhammer Fantasy during the end times. But then, like, I remember Manfred exists, and then I remember uh... so much. And then I'm like, you know what? Maybe I do hate the end times. <laughs> <laughs> You've just been denying yourself. Okay. All right. Any further questions from my two uh, listeners here, from either the Bretoni who wants to cut my head off with an axe, or the dwarf who is not drunk yet? <laughs> because apparently three barrels deep isn't enough to get drunk. Oh, bitch! Come on, I can go all night here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hearing as we doing a part two right after this one ends, or uh, doing part think... three right after this one ends. I'm just saying, I don't think I have uh, any questions. Uh, does our dear knight, uh, the honorable Sir Flub, have anything to add? 
I'm just wondering with the reboot, if it's a civil war, like what are the other factions doing like on the tabletop wise? Does Bretonia um, just come over and say, Hey fuckers, fuck you? And then Well, Bretonia <laughs> has a very like on and off relationship oh, with oh. the Empire. Like if it wasn't <laughs> obvious enough. Like the Empire and Bretonia very clearly are like they're very much like bitter exes, like that separated very obviously. Where like for for a num- on a number of occasions, Bretonia has tried to invade the Empire, and the Empire tries to invade Bretonia. I believe in the present era, like in the year two thousand five hundred, whatever the fuck the the time the present era is of Warhammer Fantasy, um, Bretonia tried to invade during a succession crisis where um, the Empire didn't have an emperor for a few years. Well, good times any. Yeah. So they're like I said, they're they're very much on like oh sometimes we're f- like. They're friends that they're friends when it comes to like outside threats, like if the orcs ever invade or chaos ever invades or anything else. Yeah, because they were buddies during they both went down to Araby and just were like, fuck these people. <laughs> when they went and fought Jafar. <laughs> yeah, they literally just tore like as a unit, they just tore that shit up and then they were like, All right, let's go back home. Let's go back <laughs> home and then we'll become rivals and fight each other again. <laughs> as you do. Yeah, no, they're very, they are very much like they're allies of convenience, but they are, but they will be opportunistic and fight each other, which is why I'm assuming during the um during the old world, rather when the old world reboots, because we've seen the map. The map for the old world has been released, so we've seen um, the empire, which has been divided into like three different quadrants basically, and each one is ruled by one of those three like emperor factions. But then the Bretonia, they are basically, I think they have 13. I'm yeah, going to have to like, look again. They had a pretty so good amount like, of duke, dukedoms on the map. Yeah. And I'm assuming each one of those dukedoms is going to be their own, like, they're, they're either going to be fighting each other or we're trying to capitalize on the Civil War and the Empire. But to my knowledge, the Old World reboot is going to be very limited in that the only factions that are going to be involved will be Bretonia, the Tomb Kings, the Empire. I think the Dwarves are going to be involved, but I can't say for certain because I know that they're going to, that they're going to keep it very limited. It's going to be very similar to the Horus Heresy, where like the armies involved are going to be very limited. So like similar to how the Horus Heresy only has like Space Marines and Mechanicus, I'm assuming this one will only have like Bretonia, the Empire, the Tomb Kings, and like maybe one other one. I thought Kislev was getting models, or maybe they're just getting rules. I mean, if Kislev gets models, I know what army I'm fucking playing because I want to see a fucking, I want to see Elsa riding on top of a polar bear. Yeah, and (laughs) some of them are legacy, like like the lizard men aren't getting models, but they're getting rules. Mm, That's interesting. Just have some old ones lying around, I guess. I was gonna say, so how how would that work, like? If you just happen to have like the OG Lizardman models, are you allowed to use that? Or, well, I'm assuming it will be like Legacy, where like it is in 40k, where if you have an outdated model, you can still use them, and here are the rules for them. But like, they're not going to be updated, or they're not going to like be balanced or anything. Uh, That's what I'm assuming. I'm more excited for like narrative games, though, because like I am imagining like some fun like outcomes where you could have like. Like let's say you play Lizardmen and I play and I play Beast and I play Kislev. Well, what kind of story could we play? Because I'm always like a narrative kind of guy, especially when it comes to 40k games. I try to make the games as like narrative narratively succinct as possible. It's like, oh, why would the Lizardmen be fighting Kislev? 
Well, maybe because they didn't like the place, those fucking mountains, so they're going to move them like five feet to the side. <laughs> See, I've never I'm played joking, a single... I'm not because they have done that. I've never played a single game at the tabletop, but I feel like that's like the kind of game I'd like. I'd actually like to play if I ever get around to it once I learn. Yeah, I've never, never played it or anything like that. Because right now Seems all like I'm doing is just making minis for diorama pieces and stuff and just writing listener lore crap and, you know... Sorry, what were you saying, Flip? Oh, I was agreeing with him. Like, I've never played the tabletop either, but I feel like the stories would be more fun and create stuff you could talk about afterwards. Like, man, I can't believe those, can't believe the lizardmen moved those fucking mountains over to the side. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking I mean, of story, Ray, isn't there isn't there a certain goal that you had in mind for us in the future? Uh, which one? We have several goals. <laughs> um. Well, let's start with the uh, story one. I think tabletop story thing. I don't. I don't know. It's it's your idea. Tabletop story. Do you mean our story, or you mean the potential uh, adventure and dice story that I want to do eventually? <laughs> that one. Yeah, that one. Okay. So here's the announcement. I want to do D and D because I love Dungeons and Dragons, and I also love Warhammer. So the goal. Is I want to eventually set up a fucking Dungeons and Dragons in the Warhammer Fantasy setting. Now, if you want to make this happen, you guys can support us on Patreon because eventually we're gonna fucking get around to this because Dungeons <laughs> and Dragons is fucking awesome. And to my knowledge, Gerald has never played, so we need to fucking pop his chariot and get him rolling some d20s. My body is ready. Speaking now, of, that's gonna roll into our next announcement. Our Patreon is actually up now. So if you follow the link in the description, that'll take you straight to our Patreon page. You can donate as little as $1 per month, and that will invite you to our lovely little Discord that we're trying to build up. This is a nice little community of like-minded folks, to, so we can all just talk about Warhammer Fantasy and other grimdark settings. However, you can also join our, we, I think we have like a $5 and a $10 tier for some extra little perks. You can just read the descriptions of what you get below, which also leads into our next announcement. We have a couple of shout-outs we need to give, right? Do we? Hmm, I don't yes. know. I mean, I think I think we need to shout-out a, a knight and I think a noble. But Yes. No, you don't have to talk about the noble. <laughs> <laughs> I sense a little bit of hostility here. <laughs> well, I mean, the noble... You know, the you noble, know those uh, old uh, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> well, see... <laughs> you wanna you wanna shout out the noble then, and I'll shout out the uh, the knight. I'll shout out the noble first, so that way the knight can feel better about being saved best for last. How about that? <laughs> okay, we would like to thank the wonderful noble Slappy for his donation. To Patreon. So there is your, so Slappy. Here is your shout out, my man. You keep doing you and being awesome. Yes. And of course, our lovely knight over here, who <laughs> who despises <laughs> who despises Slappy. <laughs> any any words you like to give to your political rival from the Empire? I mean, just just hang in there, keep taking that knot, buddy. <laughs> oh my fucking god! <laughs> Actually, here's another another little benefit, a little little bonus to our Discord, a little incentive a little incentivization. Even if you guys only donate $1, you guys will join our Patreon. 
But if you do join our Patreon, you guys will gain access to a selection of faction flares that we have set up. So, for example, our lovely uh, our lovely knight here, Slappy, he is obviously a Bretonian man. Um, so when he Slappy, joined, whoa. Uh, Slappy, uh, sorry, 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 uh, sorry. I'm my five dollars is going right back in my pocket. Here. Sorry, <laughs> a lovely man, love here. He's a Bretonian man tr- through and through. So naturally, he has gotten the Bretonian flair, which has earned him the, uh, or rather, he's added the uh, what is it called, the uh, Demont. I don't know. That's don't all know what all the knight did. I think you don't get a last name. You just get to be known where you're from. So <laughs> the the great the Montfort. So now it's French. You got to take all the T's off the Montfort. Uh, the Montfort, and then you had to add like a hundred more letters because that's how you spell everything in French. Yeah, but you don't pronounce any of them. Exactly. It's like the word Q. It's spelled with like six <laughs> letters, but you only say the first letter. You, Ray, Ray died. Um, He's dead. Dang it! I think the bartender gave him a little bit too much ale there. Mm. I think it was me. I killed him. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm alive. I'm alive. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I live, bitch. <laughs> I live, oh. bitch. <laughs> Any other announcements? I, I, I you fell into the table before? because apparently, apparently, uh, my caffeine was spiked with something very green and sparkly. Oh no, this shit again. Okay, I need uh, I need to call working on steroids again for our uh, little our uh, freedom impaired Skaven friends. <laughs> but uh, any other announcements, Ray, that you want to go over? Because I think I covered everything we wanted to talk about. Um, not not so much a uh, announcement, but more just a shout out to the Discord. I am loving the race wars going on. <laughs> 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 I'm saying that jokingly. I'm saying that jokingly. There's not a we race not con- going on. There's we just a very condemn- strong nationalistic view going on between <laughs> <laughs> the dwarves of the empire and the Bretonians. Yeah, I may or may not have a list of slurs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do I'm just laughing. Like I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll go into the Discord. I'm on the Discord fairly often. So if you guys, so if you guys join the Discord, you guys can obviously talk to either one of us because we're on fairly consistently. We're all but like, I'll join in and I'll just see like these guys just throwing like insults at each other and making fun of each other. I think one of the funniest ones was uh, I think it was Astro calling Flub a coward for not joining for being a Bretonian and abandoning Blackfire Pass. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, join our Discord, and you can join. And you too can join in on these wonderful uh, fantasy fantasy insults. Just remember to keep these uh, insults fictional, please. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And and of course, you can see my uh, wonderful pictures that I post that are about four pixels. <laughs> <laughs> and um, oh, yeah. and I, I I forgot one more thing. We uh, if you. Right now, we are currently on uh, every other week schedule for episodes. But if uh, you know, tell your tell your friends and ever and everything about us. If you want to support the show, we are hoping to set some kind of a goal. I don't know what our amount is yet, but we're gonna try. And if we, you know, if we reach a certain goal, we're gonna try and do weekly episodes. So if that's what you want, tell your friends about us, and you know, help us come and help help us out. Yes, it is. Any amount is appreciated. Absolutely. Maybe as generous as your means allow. Indeed. Although I, I just, I'm just happy to, ha- I'm just happy to see the, uh, 
to see the downloads, the download number go up and see the the amount of five star ratings we're getting. Like it's it's only a few, Honestly, it's only a few yeah, it's I only a few like, ratings, uh, but how many downloads you guys up to? We've got quite a few. Like I'm like genuinely floored that you know we've gotten the kind of reception that we have in like the first you know two weeks. Like I was genuinely not expecting this kind of turnout, and I'm really happy for it. Yes, in fact, I believe our as of today, I think our I think our last episode, which was released for anyone wondering, we record every week, but we release episodes uh, by week every two weeks. So we actually have like some episodes saved up. So again, if you want to support us, support us. You get to see the episodes either in advance, or you can help us release episodes weekly. But the most recent episode that has been posted was, I believe. Adored, admired, um, abolished, and a burned corpse, which I'm very proud of as a title. Um, that is actually our most popular episode in terms of downloads. With in just the first day, in the first two days, has been out. We've gotten ten downloads of it alone. Within which the first isn't day, a lot. wow. Yeah. If I well, listen to it early, does that show? Um, if, if you listen to it early, it will not show because that is a Patreon bonus and not a Spotify or Google, um, or Google well, podcast then one. Well, then that's yeah. actually 11, buddy. Oh, dang. Impressive. <laughs> and Impressive. like, again, us saying 11 doesn't seem like a lot in the grand scheme of things, but given the fact the episode has only been out for two days and the fact that we are at this moment, a relatively small podcast, I say relatively, we are, we are in a, a, a pathetically small podcast at the moment. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> getting eleven downloads in just two days is a a godsend. Honestly. A Sigmar send rather. A Sigmar send, yes, yes. <laughs> I think you mean the Lady of the Lake. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Let's let's. I mean, I, I as as an elf, I support the Lady of the Lake. <laughs> it's funny because Flub doesn't get the joke yet. <laughs> you told me well, to stop reading. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, I don't know my your, own culture. <laughs> well, about your uh, Bretonian jokes, there, Ray. The uh, condition that he was, the condition that he and I made upon my return was, uh, instead of axing my head off, the only thing he hates more than dwarves is elves. So, if you can just hand me your loot here, and you might want to make for the door right about now. Ah! <laughs> Well, those two are off. I think he's going to be okay. Maybe? Possibly? Possibly?